Welcome to On the Wet Coast, a podcast about sexuality and ethical non-monogamy of every variety. We talk polyamory and swinging, monogamish and open relationships, from dirty, dirty sex to heartbreak. We share our personal experiences and philosophy, observations and theories, what works for us, and where we fucked it right up. Join us on the Wet Coast. Fantasizing is a big part of most healthy sex lives. We fantasize about things we'd like to have done to us, and or what we'd like to do to others. We also fantasize about things that scare, horrify, or even, kind of, or completely, disgust us. All these things are part of healthy sexual brain activity. Is this normal? Is a question about fantasies that comes up a lot in advice columns. The answer is yes, in that abnormality is completely normal when it comes to fantasy scenarios. On this episode of On the Wet Coast, Kat and Flick talk fantasies, how they can benefit your sex life, good ways to share them with your partners, and shaking off the shame of your less comfortable fantasies. We'll share some of our own, and we'll even share some that listeners have submitted to us. If you like what we're doing, please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite platform. It really helps us. Thanks! You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash on the wet coast. Follow us on Twitter at wet coast cat with a K at serious flick also with a K at on the wet coast for blogs, reviews, and more go to on the wet coast.com and email your comments and questions to contact at on the wet coast.com. You can get Kat Stark's book, yelling and pasties, the wet coast confessions of an anxious slut available now on ebook and paperback. Go to amazon.com or visit on the wet coast.com for links to other marketplaces. So, fantasies. I, I, I couldn't help but notice in the intro, you said that we were going to be sharing some of our fantasies. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't prepare any. I didn't, I didn't do my homework. Uh-oh. So. Well, I'm sure you can think about it while we're talking. I'll just share some of yours. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you can just, you know, pretend like they're yours. <laughs> Start start talking about a fantasy, and you're like, "Wait a minute, that's my fantasy." <laughs> All right, so prepared as always. <laughs> uh, in our fantasies, we get to like uh, whatever we like. We get to be what we want to be and do all sorts of wonderful things without any judgment. Yeah, I, a lot of a lot of fantasies not just about different experiences, but being different, yeah. you being different, being the type of person that would do those things, or maybe even somebody else entirely. Yeah, it can just be really freeing to get to let go of a lot of those things. You know, we have so many fears about being sexual beings, because we're just in such a sex negative culture most of the time. And there's just so much that we have hung up in in what people will think of us if we, if we express those inner fantasies. Well, yeah, and um, you, dis- despite that, there's still a lot of shame associated mm-hmm. with fantasies. You know, so what would, you know, that it's like this is my most private self. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but uh, sharing fantasies and realizing fantasies can be very freeing because yeah. it's like, getting rid of that fear of that secret person inside being discovered. It turns out that, you know, a lot of people love that secret perv that lives inside us. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, are super into helping that perv experience some great things. 
And it's one of those places, uh, our, our fantasies and our mind where we can just dive in and experience all sorts of amazing things without the fears just getting in there and slamming the brakes on. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to go through all of the awkwardness of asking somebody to do something. You yeah. can just, you know, have, have them do it in your, in your, in your fantasy. It's funny because, um, you know, f- uh, fantasy can also be a way to, um, to just kind of, uh, go to a place of pure pleasure. Like, mm-hmm. um, when I was a teenager, when, when I was getting a blowjob, I would fantasize that I was fucking them. And mm. when I was fucking them, I would fantasize that I was getting a blowjob. Uh-huh. And I don't know why that is other than that it just kind of, um, you know, just kind of going into that place of fantasy just let me kind of um, be sort of, you know, pure sexuality and not trying to kind of um, get caught up in the mechanics of what, what was going on. Mm-hmm. And it kind of helps to amplify the experience because right. you have the sensations of doing what you're doing and you have the once you kick the brain into gear, you're having those other sensations that are remembered and it just amplifies the experience you're having in the moment. Well, that kind of brings up a good point that a lot of fantasies aren't necessarily things that we have never done. True. It can be things that we have done, you know, um, and, you know, and sometimes those fantasies that can, that can really stick with us, may not even be particularly perverse or intense. No. It might be the way somebody looked at you. It mm-hmm. might be somebody, you know, it might be Mr. Darcy coming out of the out of the water with his shirt off. Um <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know to what you are referring, Mr. This is this is one of the fantasies I've had for a really long <laughs> yeah. time since since watching Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Oh wait, no, I stole that fantasy from you. <laughs> It started already. <laughs> oh, it's going to be quite the podcast for us. <laughs> so we can have a lot of judgment about fantasies, both about other people's fantasies and about our own. Yes. Um, and there is even, you know, uh, like you, I sometimes listen, um, like when I'm listening to advice podcasts, hear people calling in about like, is it cheating when my partner fantasizes about other people? Oh, wow. And so like, there can be like in a toxic relationship, <laughs> there can be like trying to wrench control of someone's fantasy life as well. Yeah. And, you know, and those, you know, trying to control somebody to that extent is really just trying to convince them to be better liars. Yeah. Right? It's like it's like, you know, um I don't want you to ever fantasize about other people. I don't want you to look at porn. I don't want you know, I don't want you to, to to look at other people. You know, these are all things like, you know, I don't want you to be um a normal, healthy sexual being. I want you to pretend to to uh that that I'm absolutely everything to you. Yeah. And you know, and if somebody does try to control your fantasy life that is probably one of the biggest red flags. Yeah. Unless it's, you know, in a consensual DS kind of way. Yeah, true. It's like, this is what you're going to think about tonight while yes. you jerk off. And, <laughs> and now that's actually That sounds kind of hot. I have a feeling that this this podcast is going to be me adding a pile of new things to my list. Um, I think I, you're blushing already. Yeah. 
our brains are weird places. Right? Yeah. And, you know, and, and some of the fantasies that we have may be mysterious to us, mm-hmm. but you're not hurting anybody with what goes on in your head. Like those, those things, those things are, are just for you. Yeah. Because there can be a lot of fear of like fantasizing about the wrong things. Yeah. And the thing is taboo is hot. Yes. Um, and so things that are really wrong are often really hot. And so people can have, you know, incest fantasies and things that they might never act on in real life. And in fact, are, you know, gross to them thinking about in real life. But in fantasy world can kick right in and be super sexy just because there is such taboo about it. And taboo gets our junk running. Well, and, and there's... There's often a kind of, you know, um, some, there's something about the intensity or the imagery that, you know, even if we wouldn't want to participate, it, you know, it can create a lot of sexual excitement. Like I remember you know, a lot of, uh, lesbian friends who said they, they generally watch porn with gay men or mm-hmm. with straight people because of the, of the amount of intensity that, that tends to be in it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, we take past trauma, we take things we fear, we take jealousies or, um, insecurities, and we eroticize them. And, um, you know, one of the fantasies that I can share involves that sort of eroticizing of my jealousies of a partner with, you know, following him around at a play party and him sort of basically ignoring me, but kind of looking at me while he's fucking other people. Yeah. Um, and looking at me sort of with a bit of disdain. Um, and I'm just kind of his pet that I follow him around and watch him pleasure these other people. And then when he's finished, he will come over and dump the condom contents into my mouth and then move on to the next experience where I will just follow him. Um, and it's a partner I have a lot of insecurity with, a lot of jealousy with. Mm-hmm. And I got to this point where I was just thinking about these experiences. And I just, oh my God, I had the biggest orgasm of my life um, by just like just flipping it. And it's, it's really interesting because I'm not into humiliation. I'm not into degradation. Like these are not, I'm not submissive generally, yeah. but my brain just kicked that fantasy in and wee. Um, well, it's very common, uh, even for people who are not sexually adventurous, to, to eroticize jealousy. Say a partner has, you know, recently cheated on them. They're just mm-hmm. kind of in that sort of reconciliation stage. Yeah. And they might, you know, get off, uh, masturbating and fantasizing about their partner with the person that they cheated with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then feeling super ashamed yeah. about that. And, you know, feeling, you know, what does this mean? And, you know, and, and sometimes it, it could open doors to having a different kind of relationship, but it doesn't need to. You, no. you, you know, you can have that fantasy life and, and it doesn't need to mean anything, uh, in terms of, you know, uh, how you proceed with, with, you know, whether and how to reconcile your relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, and, and it's, it's very common with people in open relationships who, who, um, are prone to jealousy that they find uncomfortable to try to turn that around and create yeah. some sexual charge out of that jealous feeling. And so, um, they will often have, you know, um, have fantasies where they will just imagine, uh, you know, their, their, their partner with other people or imagine them, you know, observing and, you know, and, uh, being a voyeur and, and actually not being allowed to participate. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes, especially if you're fantasizing with masturbation, um, after you hit the orgasm peak, you can have the, the big drop afterward, and sometimes there can be a lot of shame. Well, yeah, because arousal has hormones that tend to suppress feelings of disgust or shame. Yeah. And so once you've, you know, you've, you've gone past climax, um, and those, those hormones wear off, you know, those, yeah. those more uncomfortable feelings, you know, will actually come up above the surface again. Yeah. yeah. So it's worth, you know, just like breathing through and reminding yourself that, you know, it is in fact incredibly normal. Um, and that, you know, our fantasy life is, you know, again, it's just in your brain. It's not hurting anyone. And it's sometimes worth thinking about what it might mean. Um, and yeah. per perhaps processing that, uh, <laughs> with a trained professional, but yeah, or, it, you know, um, or maybe even doing a little bit of like aftercare with you. Yeah. You know, it's a form of drop. So, yeah. you know, um, you know, cuddle up, get warm, drink something warm, have something sweet yeah. um you know do something yeah. that you just find be kind to yourself. yeah just be kind to yourself and do something comforting yeah so fantasy um it can often you know break the constraints of reality mm -hmm. you know for and you know for some people though this might just be having sex with somebody other than my partner yeah. but it could also be having sex with somebody that i would never have sex with you know a boss or a coworker. you know maybe you know maybe an in-law um, so, um, but, you know, those, um, reality breaching fantasies literally have no limits. Yeah. You can just, you know, you can have things that, you know, biologically you could not do or <laughs> like physically flexibility wise, you know, or might involve, you know, um, biology that you do not have. Yes. Yeah. Um, and whether that is, you know. Um, having different genitalia or even like, you know, having like alien genitalia or anything like that. Um, you know, you can have like monster parts or throw magic in there. Um, you know, the ovipositor well, I mean, stuff. Um, I mean, you know, fanfic is basically all, all yes. this in so many different ways, you know, celebrities or, you know, or, or fictional characters, um, you know, a fanfic kind tends to bundle a lot of these things up, you know, yeah. fantasy with, uh, you know, having sex with, with people, um, you know, people that aren't us, people that we don't have access to. And then just, you know, uh, scenarios that would, that would be impossible because of, you know, supernatural elements or, or, you know, or even sci-fi mm -hmm. zero G sex is a, you know, common yeah. fantasy. Yeah. And it, you know, you can do whatever you want without, you know, being concerned about rejection or the the other person desiring you the right. way that in real life, it's like, oh, would they be into me? And, you know, that doesn't matter. You're just in this fantasy. Um, or, you know, you could be in a location on the top of the Eiffel Tower or something like that um, on the International Space Station. Um, well, your fa fantasies can often... Gondor. Or, you know, or even more, you know, mundane things like, you know, like being in in an exclusive restaurant mm. or penthouse or something, you know, like just, um, or in, you know, in, in Monaco and exotic locations. Mm -hmm. So, um, the, these, um, the, the range of these is, you know, is, is literally infinite. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes fantasies that we have are things we'd really like to have happen. Um, and other times they're really not at all things we would like to have happen. No, and, and they might actually be disturbing, uh, if, if, um, if presented in real life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somebody would be like, Hey, you want to do this? It's like, mm, 
Mm, no. no. Um, but sometimes it's re- actually somewhere in between. Yeah. We, we might want to realize it, but not, you know, with the same kind of intensity because, you know, because of in our fantasy, we have ultimate safety. Yes. When you're realizing something in real life, there are real world concerns and real world, you know, maybe maybe ickiness or even just, you know, uh, turnoffs that don't necessarily need to enter in. You know, very... Um, you know, very typically, um, if somebody has, um, has gangbang fantasies, the way they would realize that in real life is very different. Yeah. You know, with, you know, with law, they might fantasize, but, you know, lots of anonymous people, you know, no, you know, safety or consent involved. But in real life, you know, they would want to, um, curate the people and know them, um, you know, and have it in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Are you explaining my fantasies again? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, but you know, this, like, um, this is, this is something I've, I've heard from multiple people. And yeah, the, the way you'd want to realize it is, um, it has to be framed in, uh, under an umbrella consent, um, which, you know, fantasies don't need to have that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, with realistic fantasies, you know, there's sometimes like often called a bucket list or, you know, things you can achieve with others. And one of the things that we love doing, especially in in group sex scenarios, is trying to hit um, a couple of people's like, oh, I've always wanted to, you know, do whatever and see whether there's any of those that we can make happen that night. Yeah, I think we've had threesomes and foursomes where we've managed to hit everybody and get some you know some fantasy tick yeah. off for for everybody at the party yeah that's it's super fun and and it feels really good to be able to do that for someone yeah it's fantastic yeah yeah it's it's just uh, a way to kind of expand their their experiences so mm-hmm. so that um you know to make to make the evening you know more memorable or special mm-hmm. and i think that's that's a piece of it that we sometimes forget with our own fantasies that other people might actually feel really good helping us achieve them as opposed to like, this would be this obligation that the person would have to do for us. Um, that in fact, they might be really into it and, and be super happy to make that happen. Or even if they're not super into it, they just feel really good about doing something to make you feel good. Yeah. And, you know, and, and even if it's not something that they can help realize, they can at least share that, you know, that, that experience, you know, and, and maybe, you know, incorporate it into dirty talk or something. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a listener fantasy uh, that they sent in. Uh, maybe I can get you to read. You betcha. This one. So a fantasy submitted by a listener. We celebrated our 13th anniversary at a lifestyle resort in the desert. Within moments of checking in, we saw blowjobs in the courtyard, a five-person orgy, a continuous mass of humanity, arms and legs sprawled every which way. Not sure if we'd join all the overt sexiness. We settled into the hot tub and met a few other people who were possibly even more out of their element than we were. Topless servers brought tequila shots. Soon we were feeling a buzz and relaxation was setting in. We watched sexy shenanigans taking place around us until an attractive Cuban couple entered the tub and caught my wife's attention. She moved over to speak to them, and speaking turned to flirting, which turned to touching and kissing the stunning Cuban woman. They invited me to join the party as the touching intensified, and soon the wife was in my lap grinding against my erection while my wife made out with her. They switched places to have my wife climb onto my lap and impale herself on my cock. She rode me shamelessly, 
oblivious of the other people surrounding us, until we both came harder than we ever have. As we recovered, we watched the other couple doing similar motions nearby, and they beckoned my wife to come join them. She took over riding his cock as I watched, mesmerized as seeing her body move like that from a distance. The other woman joined me, and I was up for a second round surprisingly soon, and before I knew it, I was inside the first woman other than my wife in more than a decade. It looked like we'd joined the lifestyle. To finish her off, she straddled my face with her bare pussy, and my tongue worked her over until she was screaming her orgasm in Spanish across the hot tub deck. When she'd finished, my wife came by to join us, and after goodbyes, we returned to the hotel room for a very well-deserved nap. Happy anniversary, love. Zowie. Yeah. So a great example of um, of what was obviously a really impactful experience. Uh, you know, he related this as a fantasy. It was a thing that they'd done, and you know, it it obviously ha- is in the spank bank and gets withdrawn on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. So it can be really challenging talking to partners about fantasies. Um, we have to get super vulnerable. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about our inner erotic life, you know, we face rejection, we face revulsion, and we face mockery. And those, those last two are pretty big things to have happen, like from especially your, your main partner. Yeah. And, and if, if, even if someone in your past has reacted negatively to something, you may never want to bring it up with anybody ever again. Yeah. Yeah, and I know I have had these fears with with some of the the fantasy things we've we've eventually talked about that like this fear that someone would would never look at me the same way again. Yeah, that you would just never see me the way that you have uh, if you knew this thing about me, and and that can be really really difficult. Um, so it can be really worthwhile like checking your responses to kinks and fantasies in general. Because there could be some secret fantasy of your partner that you're shutting down. No, absolutely. And, you know, and even um, it can be worth checking in with your own responses to things yeah. because uh, I've had experiences where I've had like lifelong negative um, ideas about something. And that was definitely a reaction to having like sort of shameful um, hidden desires about yeah. it. You know, this, this is a big part of my relationship with BDSM yeah. where, you know, feeling like this was something, you know, dark and shameful. And so having this, this real kind of latent attraction to it, which caused, you know, negative, uh, reactions and, you know, sort of negative responses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and it's real shame. It's, 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 um, you, you can often feel this sense of like, um, having lost a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. when it takes you a while to to come around on these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've both been guilty of this with each other. Um, yes, of like, you know, sh- shaming a kink that we didn't realize yeah. we were shaming our partner. Yeah, and so, like, both of us were incredibly hesitant to ever bring those things yes. back <laughs> until we just, you know, sort of got over it and decided to lay some cards on the table and mm-hmm. be like, I actually am really into this, and... Um, so, yeah. yeah. And, and for me, um, you might find that being GGG or good, good giving in game as, uh, you know, as Dan Savage, uh, listeners know, being willing to help a partner fulfill fantasies might unlock some of your 
you know, sort of locked away fantasies like it mm-hmm. did for me with BDSM, where it was like, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll be willing to explore this on your behalf. And, and, you know, and, and then realizing that actually I wanted this for myself yeah. and not just for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and when you're sharing fantasies with, with a partner, it, it's a good idea not to spin it out like it's terrible news. We all <laughs> sort of have a habit, especially if it is something, you know, a little, a uh, little more taboo than others. You know, we can, we can sort of present it as if it's cancer. Um, <laughs> and that's, you know, trying to, to, express it as this thing that you could do together and have some enthusiasm about it. Or if you're really not sure how they're going to react, you know, admit how vulnerable it is to let them know that, you know, this is something really difficult for you so that there's going to be extra empathy in their response, even if they're not into it. And even if they need to just go away for a while and think about it or talk about it again in a couple of weeks, then at least like knowing that it's a really vulnerable thing for you well, and it can also be worthwhile to consider checking in on something because you might have assumptions about what your partner's feelings are on something, maybe even because of something that they said, yeah. you know, deriding something or, you know, as, as foolish or gross, but they might actually feel differently. They, mm-hmm. they might actually just be parroting yeah. the, how they're supposed to feel about something, how, you know, the, um, the, the way, you know, a lot of men will, uh, will talk about how terrible porn is because, um, you know, that's, that's what they're supposed to say. Um, it, they might actually have, you know, more openness on that subject than, than, you know. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're asking your partner to share their fantasies with you. Right. Um, and this is a thing that I think comes up with people because you, want your partner to have certain fantasies (laughs) and then you ask them what their fantasies are and their fantasies are nothing like what you were thinking yeah and yeah when you you ask them about you ask them about their fantasies hoping that they are going to name the thing that you yeah want to share but don't don't feel comfortable sharing Yeah. yeah or it's you know some sort of thing involving you and you know I don't know. It's, like, I think this is something that particularly like from the women's magazines and stuff, they're like, get your partner to open up and, and they're expecting some sort of grand romantic, you know, I've always wanted to, to take you in a hotel room or, you know, whatever. And, and, and in fact, you know, that is not the case at all. And, um, and yeah, like it, it's really important that if you're going to do this, A, to be prepared that it could be things you're not expecting and B, to be really kind and empathetic, um, and, and not shame or, or, you know, get mad at them for having the wrong fantasies. <laughs> wrong answer. Yeah. No, the, cor- the correct answer mm-hmm. is that, um, me and someone else would tie you up and have our way with. The other thing is that sharing fantasies with your partner, like I mentioned before, isn't necessarily about realizing them with no. your partner. It might just be about, you know, having erotic imagination together. It might be about this is some dirty talk that we could have. It might be this is some role play that we might have. I might, you know, maybe I, I don't want to, you know, go out and, you know, and, and uh, fuck a professor, but I want to have the fantasy of fucking a professor and realize it with you. Yeah. Um, and just the just the act of you know sharing and you know and talking about these things has its own benefit you know not just about actually you know getting to do the thing with with the specific person yeah 
And some monogamous couples, you know, talk about threesomes, talk about gangbangs, talk about all these things in their fantasy life, um, but have no intention of actually doing that. But it's just part of the part of the dirty talk, part of the sex life, and, and it just jazzes things up. Yeah, and when you know your partner's fantasies, when you know when when you're having sex with them, you can talk about those things to you know really yeah. you know ratchet up the the sexual intensity. Yeah. You know, at the same time, as much as we're talking about, you know, sharing these things, it is still okay to have private fantasies, yeah. you know, especially if you do, um, if you do ha- in, uh, have, you know, a lot, a lot of shame about it. If it is related to trauma that you, mm-hmm. you don't want to, you know, kind of re-traumatize yourself, you know, uh, discussing this with a partner. Um, and, you know, and maybe not every fantasy that you have is suitable to talk about it with every partner that you have. Yeah. So there's a lot of common categories of fantasies. Um, you know, we're obviously not going to cover all of them, but, um, there's just a few that we thought we would touch on. Um, and one of the really common ones is, is about letting go letting go of control. Um, so, you know, a lot of the the rape or, or ravishment fantasies, uh, particularly for people who've been socialized as girls or women, um, you know, we're generally not allowed to express ourselves sexually. And so like the whole being taken beyond your like, um, beyond your control is yeah. something that um, can be, you know, very hot. And it was definitely a big part of my um, erotic imagination when I was younger. Yeah. Um, because yeah, like I wanted so many things that I could not admit that I wanted. So this was a way for me to get those things. But you know, it wasn't wasn't me making that choice. It was the the ravisher or ravishers <laughs> in, my, in my fantasy that that were doing this, and and I was just a poor innocent that this was all happening to. Yeah. Um, but once I was able to express myself a little more uh, openly and with less fear, I you know it decreased the the frequency that I had those fantasies. But you know they're fun. So I still (laughs) definitely think about them. Um, But it's not sort of the only way that I can realize things anymore. So it it's not as common for me to, uh, to go to that place. It's really common for for people to have fantasies about, um, about gangbangs, you Mm -hmm. know, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's, you know, literally, a, you know, a, a, gr- a group forcing themselves on you or sort of the, the, the glory hole scenario. But, um, you know, uh, you hear this a lot, you read this a lot. And, and you know, when you talk to, fan- to, to people, you know, about fantasies, this is going to come up a lot, you know, either as a, you know, never fantasy or even something that they would like realized in some form, mm-hmm. you know, I remember a friend of ours telling us the, the story of, of, you know, uh, finally organizing her fantasy gangbang, you know, and, and really, um, really looking forward to getting, to getting used, uh, hard by, by a group of, uh, a group of her male friends. And then it turned out to be this really cozy, nurturing mm. experience. And, you know, and so she was still really frustrated. She didn't really get to get, you know, pounded by a bunch of dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one of our listeners did. Oh, excellent. <laughs> um, and decided to share that uh, wonderfully with us. So I will, uh, I'll read that out. 
And this was from Rapunzel, who was okay with us using her name. So, uh, not many people get to realize fantasies, but I'm fortunate to be part of a wonderful group of people who were very eager to accommodate my wishes. For years, I tried to arrange this at home, even posing it as a birthday wish, but it never came to fruition. In November, I traveled with my partner to Desire for the Life on the Swing Set takeover. I happened to also be turning 40 in November, and I knew if my fantasy were to ever occur, it would be here. He conspired with Dylan to put on a gangbang one evening. They reserved several beds by the hot tub and set it up with everything we would possibly need. Towels, condoms, gloves, lube, refreshments, and security. While my partner applied my favorite wrist tie with rope I conditioned from raw, a beautiful woman braided my hair. He blindfolded me with a purple scarf and put in earbuds so I could listen to my favorite concert. I was in a blissful state of sensory deprivation, making my sense of touch heightened. One by one, sexy friends came to me, pleasuring me. I had no idea who each person was, only that they were touching me. At one point, a warm, light rain started to fall, each drop intense on my naked, hot, turned-on body. It was the most memorable, erotic experience I've ever had. My perverted mind has created new fantasies. I hope I'll get to experience when I'm once again surrounded by my tribe. That's really hot. That is really hot. Yeah. Now, I I don't want to, I don't want to like fantasy shame, but um, I've never heard of anybody having a favorite concert before. (laughs) Like, do you have a favorite concert? No. No. Okay. We're, We're not... We're not... We're not concert people. No, and we're not, like, super music people either. No, like, true. we like we like music. Yeah. Yeah, but. we've only, you know, been involved in musical theater for, like, a decade. Yeah. Know. But, you know, I don't even know that we, you know, have even our favorite shows. No, or, or have, like, strong opinions about which cast recording is superior. Like, we're just, you know... I do love to troll uh, Rent fans by <laughs> talking about how great the cast recording from the film is <laughs> versus the Broadway show. Okay. <laughs> I think we're getting off track. <laughs> A little bit. And I'm not sure how we're going to pay the rent. <laughs> um, but perhaps we should go to a break and see if any of this, our sponsors can help us pay the rent. Nearly 20 years into her marriage, Kat and her husband faced head-on the great underlying fear of most monogamous people. My partner wants to have sex with other people. For them, that truth led to a roller coaster of new sexual and romantic adventures. After starting things off with a fun and friendly threesome, this couple explore ethical non-monogamy through swinging, casual sex, group sex, solo dating, and eventually stumble into polyamory. In her new book, Yelling in Pasties, The Wet Coast Confessions of an Anxious Slut, Kat Stark tells the story of her first three years in non-monogamy, how her life and relationships evolved from the dirty, dirty sex to the heartbreak and back again, without glossing over the parts where she upped it right up. Join Kat on her very sexy journey by buying Yelling in Pasties, available at Amazon. Find out more at onthewetcoast.com. Okay, we're back. And we're talking about fantasies. We are. And we're talking about being used by a group. Yeah, I it um I don't really tend towards um, you know, uh, submissiveness or being a bottom, but you know, one of my fantasies was, you know, actually being being topped by a group of women. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, it's kind of it's kind of like sort of this buzzy little thing in the back of my head for quite a while. Which you managed to set up for my birthday last year, and it was mm-hmm. it was really fantastic. But super uh, fun. It was super fun. It was so it was so great. 
Uh, I'd love to do it again. But you know, one of the things I learned was sort of some of this, uh, some of the stuff that I didn't like as much yeah. as uh, stuff that I did. Right. So, you know, that's one of the things about, about fantasies, especially if they involve, you know, power exchange, um, or, you know, any kind of, uh, kink play is, you know, Hey, maybe you'll need to tune this in a little bit. Yeah. And I think much like you learned much like me, and I don't mean to speak for you, but um, you can let us know if this is accurate or not, um, that you, you're more of a bottom than submissive. Yeah. And so when the tops were getting dommy, you had a lot less fun. Yeah, it wasn't fun for me, like being bullied and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, again, and we had no idea and we didn't really know the dynamics of people and, and the dynamics of how they topped and all of that sort of thing. So more experience and more knowledge, definitely. Um, we could, we could, uh, fine tune that to, to be a better experience for you. Agreed. But you did really enjoy our fifties housewife outfits and the pearls. And- oh my God. That was, <laughs> that was pretty amazing. Well, and, and, uh, Dot, when she was wearing what appeared to be a pearl necklace, and then when, the, when the dress oh, came yeah, off, it was, it was this pearl harness. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. That, that was, that was really great. Yes. And so the, the used by a group thing is, is definitely one of, of my fantasies too, and, and sort of being a toy and, um, and it, probably one of my earliest fantasies that I can remember specifically from high school and, and thinking about like, um, going with my boyfriend to someone's house and all of his friends taking turns with me and, and me being blindfolded, having to guess whose cock was in me at any time. Um, and, you know, that just being like super zingy for me and, you know, and I have currently like a, a fantasy about, about an experience like being completely unconscious while a group uses me. Um, and that's something we haven't figured out how to realize yet, but maybe someday. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and like, like the, the, the two previous listener fantasies, the lifestyle vacations can be yeah. a great way to, to realize these kinds of fantasies because you're just getting access to a lot of people yeah. that, that would be interested and you, and you've got the time to yes. establish a rapport and know who you might trust. We, you know, we, we've seen a lot of people having, uh, you know, sort of, you know, some, measure of, you know, anonymous or a group, uh, you know, uh, sort of used by group fantasies in those environments. You know, I remember somebody who was blindfolded and, you know, and the, it, the premise was you go up and do something to them and then sign your name mm. on a list. Um, uh, one of our friends uh, was blindfolded and, you know, was people could come up and kiss her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so kind of like, you know, different, different levels of risk and intensity involved in, in those. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just super sexy to, to see people grabbing a hold and, and doing these things for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, you know, but, and, and, and sometimes some people will have this fantasy for years and years and have it, you know, and attempt to line it up and it just, just doesn't, doesn't quite come through. So, you know, sometimes it might take a kind of a little bit of extra, you know, um, effort and, you know, and luck to actually get these things to click. Mm -hmm. So the other side of the, the power situation is like, actually, you know, fantasizing about power and having control over someone else. 
um, getting to use them for your your own devices. <laughs> yeah, this is something that you know has always been sort of you know harder for me, right? Because of sort of the the idea that it's okay to fantasize about being used, but fantasizing about using just seems kind of kind of sketchy somehow. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something that I've 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 always had a bit, you know quite a bit of internalized shame about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it can it, a lot of this stuff can can be tricky and bring up some stuff for you, but um, it can also you know if you get into the right mindset, be just super fun and hot. Well, and it's it's uh it's one of the it's one of the great things about um you know about sort of you know exploring in you know in communities and meeting mm-hmm. people is that. It becomes okay to, 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 you know, um, to talk about, you know, what you'd like, like to do with, with people. Yeah. You know, in, in the vanilla world, it might be a lot harder to yeah. have a conversation with someone when, you know, on your, on your third date, you know, yeah. about, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, power dynamics. And meeting other people who were into it and don't feel shame about it yes. is very freeing. Yeah. So meeting other sadists and having them be cool with being sadists and, and just understand that about themselves and be really comfortable with that piece of themselves is like, oh, I'm actually allowed to be sadistic. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas like up until that point, you know, you might have a lot of shame about it. And, um, so that can be a great thing about talking to people. Yeah. And, or, and, or, or even things, things like, you know, just, Telling somebody, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, uh, I really enjoy when somebody's into, uh, kind of self objectification mm-hmm. or, you know, worshiping my cock or, or cum and stuff. And then having that person say, Oh, I'm a, I'm a dirty little cum slut. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, this is, this is perfect. Yeah. So we often fantasize about other people, celebrities, friends, family, um, group sex, uh, you know, especially if the relationship structure you're in doesn't allow for group sex, that can be um, a big fantasy for people swinging or like swapping partners and watching your partner get fucked and all of that sort of stuff can really um, be big into people's fantasy life. Yeah, I remember for years, uh, you know, one of one of my my go to fantasies was um, you know, uh, fucking you from behind while a couple of your friends were making out, um, and then like, uh, pulling out, coming on your ass and having, having them lick my cum off each other's faces. And, you know, and these are friends who are, who are not in any way involved in, you know, swinging or open relationships. And this mm-hmm. was long before we were exploring this kind of thing. And so, and in fact, you know, uh, one of them is super duper straight. So, you know, there's just like a lot of, you know, real kind of, you know, taboo stuff Mm -hmm. going on with this. Yeah. And that's, you know, as we talked earlier in the episode, a lot of the time, that's the stuff that really ratchets us up. Yep. Like this couldn't actually happen. And (laughs) voyeurism is another big one um, that I sort of didn't discover that I was into until we were living this life. (laughs) Um and so, like, watching others, you know, either secretly or openly, and I've discovered what, you know, how much pleasure I get from from seeing you with other people and, and seeing, you know, like, at, at places like Desire or when we go to clubs, you know, when we see other people having sex and doing whatever they're doing, like, that, that you know, getting to watch is, like, super buzzy. It, it is. And um, it's it's funny because this kind of hooks into... 
a lot of the different things that we've been talking about, but I've had multiple partners when we were going on, you know, vacations to see other partners or going to desire who their fantasy was that they were there and they were just like a, you know, tied up and just mm. watching us and watching us, you know, have all our, our sexy adventures and pretty much just like being kind of like just a little toy in our room. Mm-hmm. And, and this was, this was a way for them to cope with, you know, feelings of jealousy and envy about us going away as well as fantasy of, you know, um, of voyeurism and, you know, and, and sort of power fantasy and stuff. So this, this kind of ties into a lot of the things yeah. we've been talking about and being part of it by not being part of it. Yes. Which again, you know, the, my degradation fantasy about following my partner around while he's having sex with other people, a very similar kind of groove like as far as where the the brain pattern is you know in that like feeling outside it and and, but being part of it but the outside part being emphasized and yeah and they it's a it's a great catchphrase voyeurism is participation right and so this is a way for you to participate as well as eroticizing some of those feelings of being outside of it yeah and, you know, things like, you know, cuckolds and cut queens, that's taking that to the extra level of having your partner uh, with someone else. And, you know, you are possibly like you're, you're there possibly like in the room or you might be hidden in a closet <laughs> consensually with the other person's knowledge um, or seeing it on video or like that kind of thing. Um, and it being rubbed in your face that you're not a part of it. Yeah. Um, and that being um, really erotic for some people. Yeah. And th- this is something that can, that can really come into play with with just you know fantasy and dirty talking you can you can realize this by you know talking about what you did as if it actually happened so describing an experience mm-hmm. to your partner while you know while your partner's fucking you talking about some you know what you did you know um earlier yeah um and you know and that kind of thing yeah and I'm really realizing how gendered cuckold and cuck queen. So perhaps cuck royalty is a better <laughs> is a better gender neutral term for uh, for that um, to to be more inclusive. So cuck royalty. What about cuck dukes and cuck uh, earls and cuck you know mark the, mark marquises and the, those are still often very gendered words. Oh yeah, but I'm just talking about different you know different levels of royalty. Just lo- different levels of royalty. Yeah. Well. We'll let them decide. <laughs> um, and the flip side of that is the exhibition piece of it, um, which I discovered, you know, early on in our in our explorations that exhibitionism was a big one for me. Um, being watched by others, having sex publicly, although again, where where the whole brain piece kicks in of like I can only be an exhibitionist places where it's appropriate. So I, you know, it needs to be at a sex club. It needs to be at desire. It needs to be somewhere where it's okay. I have no desire to have sex in a park. Right. The whole, we could get caught, you know, like in a car, you know, any of that, like we could get caught stuff completely shuts me down. And I know that's a huge zing for a lot of people that just ramps up uh, the adrenaline and the excitement. But for me, it just like, 
just slams my brakes on so hard. Um, so well, you really don't like getting in trouble. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, like that kind of adrenaline just is fear for me and not in the good way. Um, so, but in an appropriate setting, you know, at a sex party, at Desire, all these places, getting watched is so exciting for me. All right, so we got a listener fantasy talking about exhibitionism. Uh, where she had someone watching her masturbate. She'd pondered and fantasized about this for a few months, but hadn't done it. And then she met a man from a dating website who was in town for a tech conference. They met for a drink and then went back to his hotel. And she wasn't expecting much to come of it, but was curious. And after making out for a bit, she decided to ask if he would watch her masturbate. And uh, she was really nervous about asking, nervous about being rejected, nervous about the fantasy of it being better than the reality. Um, but he was really interested. And so she masturbated in front of him. And it was super hot. Um, she she found it way more arousing than she even thought it would be. And he appeared he appeared to be captivated by the scent of her pussy, which just really ratcheted it up. So, um, yeah. So sometimes, like, getting to live things out turns out better than you expected. Yeah. That's really interesting because, yeah, like, you know, often there's that that fear of letdown yeah. in realizing fantasies because, you know, they it just isn't going to be perfect. But sometimes there might be qualities to it that you don't appreciate the you know just the intensity the resolution of reality is a lot better than fantasy oh i just realized that we missed out one of the uh the fantasies about the group sex oh no Mm Hmm. so i will just talk about it now since it's like public sex group sex um when we were talking about glory holes Ah, which is the other fantasy that someone had sent in and this is very much one of my go-to's as well is um is you know being on your back only the lower half is available or visible to people it's like a glory hole kind of situation or curtain to block off your top half um and um yeah getting to be used by a group of people like you're maybe like the toy at a party um there's like a graduating class of people or like a place where travelers come by and everyone gets to just take their turn as they will. And, um, but, and you don't have any say in it. So that, um, yeah, that's one of our other listener fantasies. So thank you so much for the people who sent those into us. We really appreciated it. And, um, yeah, it was really awesome. And often I was like, Oh yeah, me too. Or just (laughs) like would sort of get all, all hot thinking about it. Um, and and the one that uh, she's referencing there often um, it sort of brings us into the next one of the of the fluid exchange, right? So in that glory hole scenario, when I'm fantasizing about it, uh, there's usually like no barriers involved. So yeah. the idea of just being dripping with people's fluids, like you know, and being used so much, and all of my holes are just dripping, and and that is just like for me a big part of it which in real life i could never like you know i am so uptight and um you know it took us 10 years to fluid bond um because i was so worried about getting pregnant and um like you know we had like three different kinds of barriers for a long time um and so yeah like that's that's not something that that actual me could ever do but fantasy me is such a cum slut and would take all kinds of people's loads (laughs) I think this is this is really common and yeah. and I think it's I think it's it's common 
even if it's not a quality that's particularly eroticized in the fantasy, uh, I think that it's really just um, because it's fantasy, you know, why introduce yeah. barriers? Yeah. Although, you know, my other fantasy does involve like there being barriers and then, yeah, you and know, then, yeah. the, the barrier being emptied into me. Um, and, you know, things like bukake and um, just covering, you know, a person being like completely covered in cum from multiple different people. Um, or I guess perhaps multiple loads from the same person. Um, yeah, maybe. And um, uh, various other kinds of fluid exchange piss play, uh, which is something that I had so much shame about for so long. Um, and we only started finally talking about it not that long ago as something that that I was interested in. But, you know, I, I clearly have a fluids thing. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, it's not something I've experienced much, but it's definitely a thing that has been in my fantasy brain for a long time and, and has been able to be realized a little bit in reality. And, um, and that's been very exciting. Um, but I find very funny that I, I have no kind of eroticization of spit. Interesting. Um, other than like when you're making out with someone and there's saliva swapping and, and that kind of thing. But what, when I'm watching porn and like someone spits like in someone's face, or even when somebody spits in someone's hole, I find that just kind of gross and disrespectful. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I have these fantasies about like someone pissing my mouth. Yet I think that spit is disrespectful. <laughs> And I just, I find, like, I just find it well, and, so and fascinating. I, maybe, it, maybe it's also, it's partly something about spit because, you know, I, I think you've also talked about, you know, finding it, you know, oogie, um, uh, going down on a cock after somebody else has gagged on it. Yes, that's true. So, you know, maybe spit is part of it as well as, you know, the, the kind of degradation that it, that it represents. It's, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, uh, spit stuff can be a bit zingy for me, but as someone who tends to be uh, kind of more uh, kind of loving and nurturing as a top, um, it's it's hard to kind of find the the sort of the borders of how to incorporate that because it does tend to be something that that conveys a lot of you know contemptuousness, which I really don't feel, and it's yeah. and it's hard to to kind of get a lot of charge out of that yeah but it's just like it's just our brains are so fascinating the way yep. that there's like these these lines and these rules yep. and and it's just like up to here yes then no <laughs> um and you know for a lot of people like it would probably be the absolute reverse of of where my brain is wired to find that hot yeah i yeah i think i think i think spit can be hot i think you know sort of um really like intense uh spit swapping uh kissing um or um you know or or uh you know a lot of drool from you know intense uh um intense uh head can can be really hot mm. um so yes I, I, but uh but yeah i i the kind of you know uh, spitting spitting in the face face stuff i'm not i'm not really sure where that where that lands for me mm hmm but it's definitely, you know, part of some of the the degradation play that's sometimes part of BDSM, which is another yep. uh, section of fantasies that people are often uh, experiencing. And, you know, with, with pain or bondage, uh, degradation, um, all that sort of thing. And um, 
Yeah, that can be just super, super exciting. Um, again, whether people want to have it necessarily happen in real life. Um, yeah, and, and what's what's interesting is I, I think a lot of the time people, um, you know, they, they can make assumptions about what what the reality of something would be like or mean. So, so they might be like, well, you know, I can't be into BDSM because I'm not into pain. Yeah. But, you know, you can have impact pay without play without pain. You can have sensation play without pain. You know, yeah. you can, you can have these, these things, you know, without having to be a masochist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can have, uh, you can have sensory deprivation. You can have domination without being degraded. Yeah. You know, so, you know, so sometimes, um, I, you know, in our fantasies, we can go to these places because, you know, we can, um, having ultimate control means yeah. that, you know, there's, we don't need to, you, we don't need to figure out how to tune somebody in on the specifics of this, or we don't need to experience the pain that we're afraid of. Yeah. And, or we don't need to experience the degradation that we might feel would be, you know, kind of too harmful to us in real life. Mm-hmm. And I think because there's so little decent, um, representation of BDSM in the culture. In mainstream culture, it, yeah. You know, we we only see the most intense and and most degrading and most like, you know, we have these visions of it. Um Yeah, the, the sort of the mainstream rep- representation of BDSM is either domination as abuse or uh submission as ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, and neither one of these things, um, is, is going to appeal to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So it can be, can be really hard to get over those, those mental hurdles. Yes. Um, and I know for myself, you know, it, all of those other, there, the mental hurdles of, of looking into BDSM culture further and sort of seeing what people are like, quote unquote, supposed to be. Yeah. And n- discovering that I'm not those things. And therefore feeling like I can't be involved. Yeah, I, you know, and, and there is some of that, uh, those stereotypes and assumptions within kink culture. Yeah. You know, that you're not a real sub if you're like this. You're not a real top if you're like this. And, yeah. you know, and, and, um, you know, and, and even people who are, you know, uh, healthy kinksters, you'll sometimes see a little bit of that, you know, slip in. Like, you know, it's like, oh, you, you know, you should do this because you're the sub. Ha ha ha. Or, you know, uh, somebody makes a joke and it's like, oh no, I'm, I'm the top. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and sort of that, that bit of like defensiveness about roles. Yeah. Yeah. So it can sometimes be easier to engage in fantasy uh, play with BDSM than in reality, yeah. because then I, I'm not experiencing all my hangups. And, um, you know, cause I, I do like often have that about like, Oh, I'm not bottom enough. I'm not this enough. And so when I'm, I'm experiencing, you know, it in reality, my head is coming up with all these stories that limits my ability to to really enjoy it. Um, but one of our listeners really enjoyed it recently um, at a play party with uh, having multiple people scratching her all at the same time and just getting the pain from so many different people um, allowed her to have a big orgasm from the pain in the group play situation, which is pretty awesome. 
So yeah, that's, you know, you know, pain can actually end up being orgasmic for some people and um, getting to, to live that out um, for her because she'd, she'd come close a few times and hadn't quite gotten there. And then to have it actually happen was super exciting. Well, that that's one of the things that's been really cool about, um, you know, about, you know, being involved in swinging and in an open relationship is seeing the sort of the range of of how fantasies can be real because, you know, I remember, you know, the idea of, um, orgasms from anal sex or orgasms from, from pain. It sounded like the stuff of fantasies yes. to me until I saw those things in real life. Oh yeah. Or at orgasms from just watching something happen. Yeah. Spontaneous orgasms like that, that, that sounds, uh, impossible, but I've seen it. Many times. <laughs> Many times, yes. <laughs> yeah, and the orgasm from pain, like, I came so close to that last night, but it um, just, the sensation was too distracting. Yeah. And so, um, but I'm I'm trying to work through being able to, to get there despite, you know, having sensation continued rather than just having to yell like stop everything i'm trying to come well and and the you know the number of people like um one one of the things that that some people will say is you know well why give head to a strap-on cock because you know it doesn't it's isn't going to do anything for anybody but the number of women who oh, have no. come from having their strap-on cocks oh, sucked that's so fucking hot i've yeah i've i've definitely come from that it's it's just crazy hot yeah like you like you don't don't you feel like sort of the the intensity of the of the fantasy makes it almost seem like you're having sensation on your cock Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and not just women but uh anyone who's wearing a strap on yeah yeah um so yeah there's a lot of these things that really don't seem like they're possible um can actually happen well yeah you know they that's that's one of the great things about um you know about fantasy is that you know you can you can relive things that have happened and mm-hmm. you can you can create a, kind of a shopping list yes. for for things uh things to do yeah it's really awesome so thanks for everyone, especially for those listeners who sent in fantasies for us. That was that was really awesome, and we got to uh, got to check things out and get a bit pervy. And and turned out you actually had fantasies to share. Yeah, even it, though it, you I hadn't did. done your homework. <laughs> well, in a way, I had done my homework by having a lifelong, you know, um, repertoire of fantasies That's to, very to true. tap into. You know, and if listeners want to just keep sending us <laughs> fantasies, please go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're we're into it. And late at night, I'll read them. <laughs> Perhaps out loud in a breathy French accent. <laughs> so please help us get into the ear holes of more listeners by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or your other favorite platform. Follow us on Twitter at Wet Coast Cat, at Sirius Flick, at On the Wet Coast. Email contact at onthewetcoast.com. Go to onthewetcoast.com for Cat's blog and more, or find her over at lifeontheswingset.com. And you can hear a lot more of Cat and Flick by buying the audiobooks of Cooper Beckett's novels, A Lifeless Monogamous, and Approaching the Swingularity. Available at coopersbeckett.com, and you can save 10% with code WETCOAST. Check out other awesome sex-positive podcasts on the Swingset Network at swingset.fm. I guarantee that there are people whose fantasy is getting into someone's ear holes. There might even be sex toys that, that would facilitate that. 
Hi, this is Princess Callie, author of Enough to Make You Blush and founder of KinkAcademy.com. You're listening to a Swing Set podcast at SwingSet.fm. What works for up? <laughs> what works for up? Huh. What works for up? <laughs>